Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. There's no place to escape to. This is the last oh, on the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. You know, it's not that I want to give up every inch of my humanity, mm-hmm. right? Because right? Right. my humanity is very precious to me. I'm more human than both of you because of my back hmm. hair. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm more essentially human. I'm more in, uh, unequivocally primate. Unequivocally, um, unequivocally, yeah. absolutely, totally yes. human. I'm different. But my thing is, is that would I go through gene sequencing? I don't know. It looks like it hurts. Would you cut mm. open my skin and put an RCA adapter or whatever the type of thing, like the guy who starts his motorcycle. I was watching this one video of a guy who put a chip in his arm and he could start his motorcycle. With it. Like, like a dumpy lawnmower, man. Um, <laughs> I will say you could just use the key. Um, it does seem to still work. Um, yeah. But my thing is that I would revamp the whole thing just to uh-huh. get my ankle to stop randomly hurting. It's so sad. <laughs> we are the apex predator of this planet and uh, just the slightest twinge in my ankle. And I'm like, you might as well shoot me in the fucking head. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. Ben Kitzel hanging out with Marcus Parks on the very week. Henry Zabrowski, a man who can't handle his own human flesh. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> I'm more human than human. We talked about this the last time we did transhumanism, <laughs> but this time, and again, I, the last time we did transhumanism, I did maybe unfairly come across to Marcus, um, right, uh, and, and attack Marcus. You did attack. Saying, you you, yes, did. you did. Yeah, because yeah. he did allow the COVID nanomachines into his body um, right. via the uh, the quote unquote moxine. That's what we're going to start calling it. Oh, the moxine. The moxine uh-huh. <laughs> he put that into his body in order uh-huh. to create an, a welcoming home for the COVID nanobots. But I just right. want to say I'm sorry. I wish they didn't do that. Well, great. it's great to have another episode that's going to be flagged and taken down. <laughs> uh, that's great. Also, I'm just going to say this. If you're listening, listen to this episode in italics. Um, because there is a lot of satire that's going to be expressed that some people might not fully No, Kissel, it is the libertarian free market of ideas. (laughs) All right, because the thing is, everybody's saying, oh, they're concerned about the machines. They're concerned about the machines. What about the monkeys 
driving the machine. Yeah, bro. I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, that was a fun movie with Ronald Reagan, though. All right, everyone. <laughs> we are on to transhumanism part two. That's right. And then you're thinking Bonzo goes to Bitburg. <laughs> I think what you actually wanted yeah. was Any Which Way with, But Loose, starring uh, Clint Eastwood, where the orangutan drove the truck to bare knuckle boxing. Of course. So anyway. how the fuck are we supposed to take a single word you say seriously today? <laughs> you know, if you mix up two of the biggest monkey with man <laughs> vehicles in show business history. To be honest, I don't want my words to be taken seriously on this show. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the, the point is to spread laughter and joy. Uh, also, uh, Any Which Way But Loose, a fantastic documentary on buttholes. Okay, Marcus, <laughs> what uh, have we got? He's been saving that. Yeah. <laughs> So in our last episode on transhumanism, we focused on the idea that humans can take control of their own evolution yes. on a biological level yeah, by combining logical. our DNA with animals to make ourselves something more than human on a physical level. More human than human. <laughs> but now, that shows, man, that's fucking the goopy dumb way to do it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What animal would be the most fun to bond with? Maybe the octopi, because they're very strong. They have multiple arms. And I do like the idea of having suction uh, cups to my hands because that way I can climb up buildings and protest stuff. Daredactyl. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. I actually would like to become even smaller and be able to hide in areas and jump and surprise and also be used for recon, some form of like bionic iguana. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mostly, we covered in the last episode the rumored Soviet program that aimed to combine man with chimpanzee Ooh. so as to create a living war machine capable of enormous feats of strength while also being less likely to complain about the quality of their rations or their living conditions. Has anybody been near a monkey cage? Yeah. All they do is complain. Absolutely, <laughs> completely false idea of what the monkey needs. Monkeys are in desperate need of all types of food, and they'll have sex with your wife. <laughs> Now, oh, you got to train them to have sex with their wife, unfortunately. Yeah. And you'd be like, my wife is beautiful. Come on, Bonobo. Come oh. on, have have my wife, please. Very Henny Youngman of you. Now, as we know, Ilya Ivanov, the scientist in charge of this rumored Soviet monkey program, was indeed obsessed with filling women with chimp cum and filling <laughs> chimps with man cum. But it wasn't necessarily to create human chimp soldiers for Joseph Stalin. Mm -mm. It was for purer reasons. Uh -huh. Yes. Rather, Ivanov was more curious about the next phase of human evolution, but just went about it in a manner that might be called clumsy yes 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 <laughs> very much so and a lot of these guys i think that we'll, we'll you're going to talk about this marcus that clumsy seems to be the word but i feel I, like clumsy is not the word i think clumsy is the word <laughs> it seems like semen is really involved here yeah as we delve further into transhumanism today from the technological standpoint you'll see that clumsiness is indeed the essence of the concept. I was watching this documentary, Technocalypse, that it's very <laughs> difficult to say. Um, but one of the doctors in it, Dr. White, uh, this guy who was, you know, obviously a massive proponent for transhumanism. Well, and he, uh, what I love, he's like, let's quote one of the best, most famous scientists in all the world. Dr. Frankenstein, when he said in he had the first look at his creation that it's alive. And it's like, um, Dr. Frankenstein's not real. He's not and real. He's like the symbol of science run amok. Why do I feel like Dr. White, much, much like his television counterpart, is uh, addicted to crystal meth? Maybe. <laughs> 
They, by the way, Henry, was that the same guy that did the the monkey head transfusion, like switch the monkey heads? You wouldn't believe the marvels we'll be able to do in this lab. Not just six years ago did we lop the head off a monkey. This is true. <laughs> he says, we kept it alive for seven days. And we knew, because the question always is, is can you, let's say, yes, you can keep the brain alive. You can pump it with blood and nutrients and keep it alive. But does the personality retain? But I'll tell you what when we went and we had we had that monkey's head placed upon another monkey's body just from the screaming alone you can tell the personality <laughs> remained intact Gee, is he the main character from reanimator what the hell is wrong with this guy uh, we're gonna see a lot of those guys yeah. in this episode okay now modern transhumanists certainly still dabble in the biological realm we'll get to biohackers later but most transhumanists are concerned with how pure technology can be used to take humanity to the next phase of evolution. Yes! Now the, <laughs> now the premise of transhumanist thought is that humans have been given a suboptimal piece of hardware on which to run our software. Our bodies are badly designed, randomly thrown together vessels that in no way live up to the standards of the brains encased within. Look at my body! We're looking Look at, at it now. You see this flap? Yes, we do. It's right is under this, the breast. Yeah. Is this perfected? Yeah. I have four well, tits. If you look at me from the side, this is all tits. I have. I look like a mother dog. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. For the last two years, I haven't been able to look down for an extended period of time without being bombarded by debilitating headaches in one specific corner of my brain in a fucking condition called hemicrania continua that cool. I have been told almost exclusively affects women in middle age. But it's still there for me and I can't fucking figure it out. But you know what I think is also incredible? Like women of a middle age, Marcus's sex drive is through the roof. He is is just, and honestly, it's sometimes a little too much for some of the younger people. Well, I I accidentally put two contacts in my left eye today. I thought I was going blind, but turns out I could just see extra. And also, uh, I have small amounts of ED. Erectile dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why, this is what I'm saying. This too fragile beef that we are surrounded by, it must be replaced with something if we're going to possibly compete with the absolutely, it is definitely coming, rise of the robots. There's no way that we Mm -hmm. can't, you know I mean? We obviously can't develop a soda machine that works half the time, no. but we're definitely going to create an, an artificial intelligence that's going to take over the entire universe. I think yes. it's already been created. And please, if anybody can give me any tips on how to cure or at least treat hemicrania continua without Botox, because it doesn't really work on me, please email sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com. Biohacking. Biohacking, please, please help me. Basically, transhumanism sees itself as a liberation movement that advocates a total emancipation from biology itself. It's a version of optimism that plans to kill us all. (laughs) (laughs) But seen another way, and Ben, this might be more your perspective, total liberation from biology also means total enslavement to technology. So why would we want that? Because through technology, we'll be free. How? (laughs) <laughs> Cyberspace, bro. On Mower Man 3, bro. It's going to be a right. remake, dude. Italics. 
And while transhumanism <laughs> might seem like nothing more than a topic debated on Reddit with no real consequence save the community's own internal dramas, <laughs> some, of the, <laughs> some of the most powerful companies in the world have been investing in transhumanism for years. Jeffrey Epstein and his millions and millions of dollars deep inside of MIT and Harvard has been very deeply mm -hmm. embedded in the world of transhumanism in order to save his cock and send it to the edges of the rings of Saturn. And we don't know if they didn't do it. Don't worry, Harvard apologized for taking all that money that they still have. Yeah. Very brave, Harvard. Well, Google, for example, created a transhumanism branch called Calico that Ooh. focuses on solutions to the problem of human aging, with leading transhumanist Ray Kurzweil acting as director of engineering. I will bring my father back from the dead. <laughs> hey, hey, it's me, Ray. You fucking loser piece of shit. You disappoint me, Ray. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Father, I thought that you were going to be happy. No, you disappointed me. You oh. disappointed me. You don't play football. Oh. You're not a you're not a man. I, I need to rethink everything. <laughs> what about people who love gilfs? Grandmas who love to fuck? Yeah. What do you mean? You can keep where them frozen at a specific where, age. Where and you can be? honestly, you can put juice glands deep up inside of their pussy to make sure that they are wet at all times. I'm just saying, but if no one ages, all Actually, of a sudden. Ben, well, uh, sex bots, but we'll get to that later. Oh, my God. This is just from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> well, additionally, some at Google also see that a merging of technology and biology will expand the human mind beyond its limitations, such as when Google CEO Eric Schmidt suggested that eventually we'll have implants in which we'll just think a question mm. and the Google connected implant will give us an answer instantaneously. It's called your fucking brain. No, no, it's no, called no, thinking. No, with no, your no, brain. No, no, no. Kissel, no, absolutely. But this, no. Is, this is accessing information that your brain does not have access Don't to. God. For example, Ben, what is the average weight of a full grown panda? What is the average weight of a full grown panda? Well, I might be You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. If you, you had a Google implant, you would have given me that 171 pounds. 171 You're not correct. There's no way you're lying. What is it? You don't know. You're just making it up. I don't know. I don't have a Google implant. Average weight. Of the a thing panda. is, no, no, this thing this is, is like not, he might as well. This is Dude, taking time I, away no, from the show. No, it's not. He's it's clicking, clicking, not. clicking, clicking. <laughs> but this is the truth, right? They talk about that one day we will have to consider the spectrum of our intelligence to include our phones. But yeah. I think that um, 150 to 280 pounds, I was right in the middle. <laughs> Whatever, dude. That's only because of you know how much you weigh and you subtracted yourself <laughs> by half. There's no way a full-grown adult panda weighs the same as me. It's possible. They're they're dense. That's what it says. I on the feel, Google machine. It's 250 oh. pounds. You're you're reading 150 kilograms. 150 to 280 pounds. A female adult panda. Only uh, the models. 220 pounds. Female adult panda. I apparently Disgusting. Google tells us different answers depending yeah. on what we want. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's weird that they downsize them for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some questions I wish that my brain could ask and then I don't get an answer to. Yeah, that's true. But another key component of transhumanism is that the staunchest believers are also well aware that a lot of the technology needed to enhance humanity in such implantable ways is still decades, if not centuries away in a practical application. Uh, they, uh, I think that they might have invented the, the new futuristic version of the game Kick the Can. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of these guys, as you watch documentaries on it, like, again, I love the hopefulness. I love the optimism of those future guys 
they're going to get it. About 100 years from now, those guys will really have it figured out. And you're like, I don't know, bro. You, you're just wearing full black contacts. That's like all you're doing. Like, I know it seems very revolutionary. You've got 25 rings in your face. I know that that's cool, yeah. but you're still you're putting a lot of hope on future sciences. Right. Yeah. Didn't the, the people who invent the Internet apologize? Uh, yes. No, that one guy. Well, he was an internet utopianist. Uh, he was the guy, he was one of the people that said that the internet will uh, bring us all together and it will usher in a, a new era of cooperation in humanity. And racism. And, yeah, all and, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and, and recently, within, I think the last three or four years, he did write uh, a, an entire article that said, oh my God, I was so wrong. I never could have predicted social media. This is going to, to destroy us all Fantastic. if we're not careful. Okay. Additionally, <laughs> <laughs> additionally, many transhumanists are also obsessed with the idea of interstellar travel yes. and are well aware that humanity is nowhere close to technology that even approaches light speed, much less anything faster uh, that makes interstellar travel feasible. I mean, even going at light speed, the people who leave Earth will never actually mm -hmm. live to see any of the destiny another planet mm. that's why we have to be made out of machines in order to go into the deepest reaches of space okay or we can just figure out a way to travel faster than light one of the two one of the two i'll, yeah. I'll take both of we course, but there are also many people who argue that there is like ftl travel is impossible by definition um so he's been doing the reading because he, uh, he, he, he dropped the ftl in there <laughs> no i dropped the ftl in there because i watch battlestar galactica <laughs> <laughs> can we just go to anchorage alaska first <laughs> i feel like there's a lot of stuff we could do here for a while so the question is if none of this is going to get done before everyone currently living on this planet dies then how do transhumanists find a shortcut to the future where interstellar travel is possible and all the nasty biological problems of living as a human are solved? The answer is cryogenics. Yeah, dude. They're going to do the science version of when you pause the porn video and jump to the cum shot where they're going to go all the, you're going to skip all the plot. You're just going to go all the way to the year 13,000 where all of this is going to be well taken care of. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But it is still a very transhumanist idea in that we'll figure it out later. And one of the most well-known of modern cryogenics labs is Alcor Cryonics. Alcor proposes to keep your body in a suspended state for a possible future in which you can either have a new body regrown from scratch or machine built. So either you'll be biological or you will be robot. One of the two. Don't know. Or will a nanomachine even be decipherable or discernible from biological? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you and Carolina, Marcus, have the argument often because you know, we're both Trekkies. Like, mm -hmm. do you have the argument about the idea that when you are beamed up, about how the body is destroyed on one end and then mm -hmm. re-put together on the other end. Do you guys ever have the discussion about what does that mean that you are dead and that the person that is now on the other end of the being beamed up is essentially a facsimile of your previous personality? Mm. The, we have definitely had that discussion many times and where we came down on is that as long as the consciousness stays intact, then it doesn't matter whether your body is pulled apart and put back together. The only thing that Fuck truly yeah. matters is human consciousness. That's called the Netflix sharing of biology. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> well, that'll be great. Uh, your love is going to be really strong because uh, you'll be all torn apart and your arms will be in your ass. And uh, Kissel doesn't will be all understand wrong. any of this. He's yeah. not ready for this. He's not no. Ready. Yes. <laughs> well, the problem with all this, you know, like just hoping for like freezing until all of this is done, is that there's absolutely no science behind this future possibility of a brand new body. 
But Alcor does not pretend that they're going to be the ones to figure it out. Rather, they're just here to keep you on ice until someone does figure it out. I feel like they are very optimistic. I guess that's what, what I'm saying. That's, a, that's the word <laughs> yes. of the day. Also, <laughs> what did you call optimistic. it, Henry? Violent optimism? Yes. <laughs> it is it's about how we all have to die for any of this to work. Okay. Mm-hmm. And but I would have a manual on cryogenics. And there is like a plan, but the real it is. Um, apparently it's very delicate, yeah. uh, slowly bringing you to this cooling point where essentially you're dead, but right. you are, because the key is how do you keep you frozen without turning you to ice and having ice particles go inside of your blood? Cause that is what will truly make sure you're actually dead. I never yeah. like the names of these plates. Alcor. Alcor sounds like a man who cleans your shoes with his tongue. I don't. Why do they always <laughs> name themselves after like horrible sounding, uh, you know, dystopian enterprises? Because that's them. Yeah. For the sum of two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Alcor will cryogenically freeze your body, but. For the budget cryonicist, Alcor <laughs> will charge $80,000 to cut off your head, yes. keep it petrified, and chamber it in steel. Yes! Now, as you can see, Alcor, I have a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you got a coupon? Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just going to need to lay over this ottoman, okay? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry. Let me get it put out. Can you get me those Garfield blankets? I need something to catch all this blood. <laughs> Fantastic. I love this coupon. Additionally, you do also have to pay annual membership dues to Alcor while you're still alive. Oh, Who's yeah, paying dude. it? Who's paying it? You the are, people you? who plan. Yeah. If I am a member of Alcor, if I do say like, hey, Alcor, one day I'm going to be frozen. Here's $200,000. But every year until then, I do have to keep paying my membership dues. It's a scam. No, yeah. no. It's a <laughs> cryogenics <laughs> membership. I would call it a bet. This is like when my mother... It's a bet. It's a library. It's a library for your life. This is like when my mother bought a fucking star. Yes, And then they gave her a stupid picture of a star and said it was named the Laura. At least the star is far away. You can never get to it. Here, they have the refrigerators. Yeah. Your brother can go and check out your head and say, there it is. With the frozen look of surprise and terror on it. Well, as far as where the heads are kept, Alcor uses cylinders called doers, giant thermos flasks filled with liquid nitrogen. However, each client does not have their own doer. If you're freezing your body, then you have to share a doer with three other people. And if it's just the head, then 45 (laughs) heads are crammed into a single flask. It's like how my mom goes through the stuff she froze from Thanksgiving to thaw thaw something for me a year later when I visit. Just like digging through heads. Like, yeah, where's that one guy? Now, while this is an expensive and risky option, there are actually some transhumanists who suggest that everyone on Earth should be cryogenically frozen. A man named Ralph Merkel estimates yep. that if humanity built giant doers, we could accommodate 5.5 million heads in each doer. And by building 10 giant doers a year, we could stop death entirely, provided, of course, that someone figures out how to bring the heads back one day. 
Listen, listen. All right, listen. What we got here, yeah, you see, oh, that's some kind of a popper complex where these families live, right? Yeah. Boom, we knock it down. Now what it is is a refrigerated <laughs> fence. Listen, come closer. Come yeah. closer. All yeah. I got to do is decimate several whole neighborhoods in massive metropolitan cities, and then that's where we put the head refrigerators. <laughs> hey, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I work in the refrigeration sciences. I actually trust you more than these people. The biggest problem with cryogenics, however, is that you can't really do it after you're dead Mm -hmm. because the body and the brain decompose so quickly. From what I can tell, you pretty much have to choose your moment of death to do it properly, meaning that cryogenics is, again, a pretty big bet on the future. That's why, Kissel, we should start doing podcast network softball like games with us versus other soft like podcast networks. (laughs) And then that time when you hit that big grand slam. That's when we freeze you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Straight out of the movie Dodgeball. That's a great idea. Um, What if I show up, but you know me, I'm from Wisconsin. It's about layers. Mm -hmm. They would never make me cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the problem. It's like you and Adam Wirtz. You both wear shorts when it's like 20 degrees outside. How are you supposed to be frozen? (laughs) I ain't going to get cold. But to this end. If we do one day enter a kind of post-death future, then there's a question of what leaving behind one body and entering another one might be like. And Hans Moravec, professor of cognitive robotics at Carnegie Mellon, has laid out a possible scenario for how it might go. Ben, you're going to find this terrifying. Great. Well, the way Hans Moravec put it, the still living subject would be laid on an operating table, fully conscious, but incapable of movement. A somewhat comforting humanoid machine would then appear at your side and bow with ceremonial formality. Are you ready to get the ultimate draft? Uh, <laughs> did you did you get the coupon or not? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, it's the coupon guy. It's the coupon guy. It's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. It would then open up your skull. Yes. In a brisk sequence of motions, the machine would remove a large panel of bone from the back of your head before laying fingers that are, as Moravec puts it, as fine and delicate as a spider's legs on the viscid surface of your brain. How is that comforting? It's not. Did you ever see the end of the original It? Yeah. And he got hard for it. This. Moravec says, is when you may be feeling some misgivings about the Mm. procedure. Because remember, you are fully conscious at every point of the process. Awesome. But at this point, there's no backing out. Uh, Yeah, he carved a window into your fucking skull. It's (laughs) over now. It's done. Using microscopic receptors, the machine fingers would scan the chemical structure of your brain and transfer the data to a powerful computer, building a 3D map of your entire consciousness and creating code to model the activity of your brain. See, Marcus, you said all that very simply in a sentence, but I feel like that might actually be super complicated and almost impossible at this point. Yes, we'll get to the impossibility of it here in a second. You know what I would say if I was on the table? You going to buy me dinner first? (laughs) (laughs) And the robot would give you a customary pity laugh. It would go, very funny. Save for your comedy special. And then, suck your brain out. No, all of this is entirely theoretical. This is Hans Moravec just theorizing. 
It's hmm. just, yeah, just fucking just bullshit. Yes, yeah, spitballing. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Yeah. But as the 3D model is being built and as the code is being created, another mechanical appendage scoops the brain from your head and tosses <laughs> it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? I, it's what? over now. It's, it's over. It's at I this point that, the- that you realize you are no longer present in your own body. Your corpse will convulse one last time, leaving animal life behind with only machine life in your future. Bye. Hmm. Bye. I'm going to go live in Wii Tennis now. (laughs) (laughs) This whole idea is called emulation, which is put into very simple terms, running a program on a different operating system than what was intended. Hmm. For a very simple example, I have an emulator that runs Nintendo games on my laptop. Yeah, and this is easily comparable to human personality. Sure. It's, this is very simple. This is in very simple terms. This is a, a program run on a different operating system. So they're going to make me Italian? <laughs> I am if not you coming want, back you're as both, Luigi. You're both missing the point entirely. Got Completely it. and totally. You're Fantastic. being... Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically like, think of the human brain as a program. Think of okay. the human body as a computer, as a hard, as hardware, as hardware. Yeah, so far, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For example, <laughs> on my emulator... Mega Man 2 plays exactly the same on my laptop in 2022 as it did on my Nintendo in 1988. The program is exactly the same, but I no longer have to worry about the mechanics of my Nintendo breaking down as they once did. And now you don't need the cheat code to make Mega Man nude. Yeah, isn't Mega (laughs) Man a woman? No, you're thinking of Metroid. Samus uh, uh, Samus is a woman. But in other words... Emulation of the human brain out of the human body would mean you would never have to blow on the cartridge ever again. You'd never have to worry about the pins, the pin receptors in your Nintendo going rusty. It's running on a much better machine that, of course, has its own problems, but will not break down in those mechanical ways that it once did. So you're going to make me a Nintendo. Yeah, Ben, I'm going to make you a Nintendo. Okay. Listen, this you got is, it. You understand honestly, it now. You get it. You totally get it. Dog <laughs> fucking this is as so far as it. we could get him. But this is as far as we were going to get him. You know that, right? That this was a... That's actually a big step for him. Yeah, right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem with the emulation of minds, however, is that while we certainly know how to emulate something we ourselves created, like, say, 8-bit video games, mm. we still don't even definitively understand how human consciousness works or even what human consciousness is, yeah. let alone how to reproduce it using raw data. We're yep. just going to have to take a look at that later. We're going to have to circle back. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a, there's a lot of stuff they're just kind of yada yadying over. But to that point, kind of an intelligent conversation here. Uh, when it comes to Jerry, my little dog, mm-hmm. how does he recognize that dogs are dogs and horses are horses? Because he doesn't bark at humans. And it's he doesn't erratic care about- movement. They don't like erratic movement. I actually, there was another experiment on, uh, on technocalypse. This, is, this experiment was nuts. Did you see this? Did I, I see you? I said you. And so they were like, we wanted to see just how much an animal can see, yeah. right? And how much they knew. So what they did was they took a cat and they wired receptors, like wire receptors, into the back of the cat's brain. Then yeah. put, and I mean, the cat doesn't look like it's in pain, but no, it definitely doesn't. It looks. It looked bored, honestly. It does, and the cat's head is basically put into a comfortable version of a vice. Uh-huh. Right where they put it in his head and this like little padded thing, you just see its head sticking through, and then you watch them show a movie at the cat, 
I forget. <laughs> what was the movie? Was it like Beauty and the Beast? No, it was no, it was, was something. Uh, it was a uh, not Back to the Future. Indiana Jones. It was, it was Indiana, Indiana Jones. So they were showing the cat. <laughs> they were showing the cat. Indiana Jones. And then the receptors were showing you what the cat saw of the movie that it was showing to the cat. So it showed the it showed the first images of all the, the normal movie, and then you saw what the cat saw, which is mostly just a bunch of shadows running back and forth. But huh. the cool thing that it did show is that it did show a still of like one of the faces, and the face, like what the cat saw, it did actually look cat-like. And that was that was very interesting to me. Isn't crazy? Oh, yeah. crazy? Yeah. Okay. That was cool. That interesting. But perhaps a larger hurdle for emulation is that even if we got to the point where we did understand human consciousness. We still couldn't even attempt an emulation without killing the subject. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what Dr. White was always saying, that the worst part about his monkey experiment that he did is that he couldn't replicate it on people because <laughs> everybody has all these issues. There's all these like humanist problems that everybody he runs into and everybody yells at him. I'll just have a couple of more breadsticks. Thank you. <laughs> it's going great. No, this is a great first date with Mr. White, really. Fly from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. 
It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. And I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Now, while transhumanism seems like an entirely modern concept, some people think that it is merely in a new interpretation of an ancient idea, namely the idea of Gnosticism. This is fascinating yeah. to me. Gnostics were an early heretical Christian sect that believed that the material world and the material bodies that we use to live in this world were creations not of God, but of an evil second order deity called the Demiurge. Well, you say evil, I say flawed yeah. and, and mortal. Mm. This means that humans are divine spirits created by God trapped in a flesh that is the very material of evil, sin, frailness, greed, greed all, all the shit. Anything that you want to put in there. All the fun well, stuff. Everything yeah, every that we like about being alive is bad. Right. Oh, yeah. that's bad. Okay. Yeah. The only redemption, Gnostics believe, was a complete liberation from the human body, which is almost exactly what is believed by transhumanists. That's fascinating to me. The, the, the yes. human mind, like we have the same brain in our fucking head. We talked about it in Black Plague. We have the same brain in our heads that, that we had 80,000 years ago. It's fucking nuts. And they are, they got to ask these questions originally. I think it's interesting. One day we will torture our audience with the Gnosticism series. I will mm -hmm. make us all go through this because I find it fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only difference is that while Gnostics came at the problem from the perspective of evil and sin, transhumanists come at it from the perspective of inefficiency. And it's not just because transhumanism is mostly populated by various Martin Screllies of the world. <laughs> kind of fraudster type people. No, nah, not all. No, nah, it's not no. necessarily a fraudster type thing. It's more of a, uh, let's say, uh, there's not a lot of compassion and uh, It's violent optimism. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, it's optimism that is a giant steamroller. So yeah. if I'm a Nintendo, can I just play Super Mario 3? <laughs> let's just move on. Let's move on, Doug. We'll get there. No, there's more to, there's more to explain. Yeah, yeah. I like it when I fly with the tail. <laughs> <laughs> and but there are some fraudsters coming up here in a bit. We'll cover them later. Great. But when it comes to the merging of religion and technology, perhaps there is no greater example than that of the singularity. My father! Defined simply, the singularity is the belief that one day machine intelligence will surpass and consume humanity, making us one singular entity. 
I feel like there's a lot of negativity here in the way the dog meat is presenting this, but I feel like it's more about oh. a cohabitation with technology. I mean, no, I know you're not. No, I mean, I, mean, it, I, like, mean, I was, I thought you, it was being fair, pretty, pretty objective. You're, you're pretty being objective very objective fair here. Yeah. But the idea of the two should be merging, like that's the idea is we have to merge to beat the robots. We'll get to it. Okay. Mm. Um, that just sounds like surrender to me. No, no, no. Merge. Yield. No, it's, yeah, yield. It's yield. Yield. The yield. Yield, is a, yield is a synonym for surrender. Yield is also a way to peaceably allow the highways to work. You know you're going to be the first one arrested for strangling a robot that gives you a ticket for jaywalking, right? It's very possible. Yeah. I did attack a coffee kiosk in front yes. the other day. Yeah. Well, first proposed at a NASA conference in 1993, the singularity is seen by some as an inevitability at this point in history. The man who coined the term, science fiction author Vernon Vinge. Werner Vinge, man. Vern, yeah, Werner Vinge, yeah. Predicted that within 30 years, which, by the way, is next year. Yep. Oh, we're on track. I think that he is right. Humanity will have created a superhuman artificial intelligence that will be the beginning of the end of the human era. I completely understand and I totally agree. He claimed that there is no preventing the singularity because it is the inevitable consequence of mankind's natural competitiveness. Hmm. We've done this to ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Once a technology is put into motion, it is mankind's inclination to make it bigger and better so the other guy doesn't have something bigger and better. Well, if man was created in the visage of God, then eventually man will step into the visage of God himself and become God in turn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. Also, remember All Sport? They had those yeah. funny commercials about the future with the moving baskets uh, in the NBA. But, they, the, but the baskets are still just sitting there. Well, in terms of violence and in terms of this escalation, this is how we went from smashing each other's skulls with rocks as cavemen to nuking entire cities as civilizations. It's just competitiveness. That's how mankind survives. Hmm. Now, the aforementioned Ray Kurzweil said that the singularity is inevitable because of the law of accelerating returns. This is the idea that technological advances tend to feed upon themselves, which increases the rate of further advance, Mm -hmm. thereby exponentially increasing the power of said technology. Basically, it's how we went from the enormous ENIAC computer created in 1943 to the first PC in a little less than 40 years. Then we went from PCs to the first power books in less than 10 years. And every computational advance after that has happened faster and faster and has been exponentially more powerful ever since. Ray Kurzweil, actually, he proved his own theory by his job. What he was working on as an inventor was a way, a reading machine for people who were blind in order to read books with who also have not learned Braille. Right. The idea of do something like a mechanical process. And he, using his own company, caught up the technology of this like reading pen is essentially it's a pen that you Mm. drag across a book and it reads it out loud to you. And he was the one that like put all of his money and energy into showing like, see, I made this technology this incredible, quote unquote, this incredible over this limited period of time. It's not going to apply to everything, but it does seem to be there is a grand slowing of what is available to us in terms of the commercial person, which is whatever the government has. I mean, who knows what the government is? Well, it's not even mostly about 
about the government. It's about what's commercially feasible. Like yeah. the, the sorts of things what's like you know, screens and shit like that. It's like it, that stuff's been around for a, a much longer than it's been commercially available. It's just, is there any reason to put it out there if nobody can afford it? And it's not. And you don't have like, you know, the material, enough materials to make it commercially yeah. available. And, and Ray Kurzweil uh, did this all because he misses his father. This is all because if you saw that documentary called The Age of Singularity, where it's just him being like, my father, like he's just obsessed with it. Well, it's a little bit sad that he misses a man who never uh, respected him as a man. But, uh, you know, commercially feasible, what they have horses, they can play football, kick the field goal. We see in the Budweiser commercials. <laughs> also, when it comes to AI, they every time, a, for example, a smart car, if it makes a mistake, it learns from that mistake. But so does every other car, unlike yeah. human beings who, when I make a mistake, you guys don't learn from it, which no. is why we all... Fuck up constantly. So we're done. We're dead. No, no, man. You talk <laughs> that's pro singularity is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kurzweil believes that this same law of accelerating returns can be applied to man's convergence with machine. If that is, you look at the mechanistic view of a human being, that our brains are in essence meat machines. From what Kurzweil writes, our biological bodies are version 1.0 frail and subject to multiple failure modes, and they come with an enormous amount of constant maintenance, even at the most basic level, things like sleeping, drinking, and eating. You know how many times I got to go to the store and then be like, what's the soup of the day? I'm sick of it. Why does the soup got to change? And then I went to go to go up the stairs to go to the J train and I slipped and I fell. Oh, I yeah. cut my hands on the, on the street. It's on a stoop and it, there's bugs everywhere. I can't even with this. So I, gotta, I need an elevator for my whole body. That's just me. I'm the elevator. You would prefer like a soup of the month. So it gives you a little time to get used no, to the No, I want a then... soup of the nanosecond. Oh, okay. <laughs> and while the mind is capable of enormously imaginative feats, our thoughts, Kurzweil says, are mostly petty, shallow, and derivative. Everybody's all hard on Nick. This the ending of Game of Thrones. And nobody <laughs> understands how hard they all worked. The crew worked so hard. And all of the writers, and there was just so many creative people involved. And how dare they? Yeah, they left the Starbucks cup. They were tired. <laughs> sure, it happens. They edited it out. But, Kurzweil says, when the singularity kicks in, we will no longer be helpless, primitive creatures restricted by our thoughts and fleshy actions. Mm -mm. We will gain power over our fates and our mortality. Yes. We will fully understand human thinking. Oh, and we yeah. We will unlock the true human potential, which Kurzweil believes is trillions of times more powerful than what we currently access. We will, in effect, become gods. Yes, God. Hmm. But yeah. then, of course comes the question of where our minds will be stored. And some believe that the answer is naturally robots. Rubits. <laughs> That's how you know if you're a serious scientist. Rubit. Yeah. Rubits. Stronger and more efficient than these filthy, fleshy ape bodies we currently inhabit, Blech. our robot bodies will merely be optional. Mm -hmm. We will be able to come in and out of our robot bodies whenever we so choose. And they would replace us in all essential roles displacing our existence in the material world entirely. They would be, in the words of Hans Moravec, our mind children, built in our image and likeness. Well, cool. I've always wanted to have a series of mind children. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not freaking uh, Rockterio. What is happening here? Um, what my question is, when it comes to upkeep, robots take upkeep. You got to oil them. It's very other similar to being a person. Other robots do the upkeep. They're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then what's the, that's just going to a spa. No, 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 no. Going, mm, I actually, 
Yeah, it is. But mm. robots do it all faster. And also robots <laughs> don't know they're working. Yeah. They're just living their lives. They so don't are know the, that it's tasks. Are the robots are the robots that are going to be assisting me wipe my robot butt? Are they also going to be sentient? Well, that's the thing. If you have a robot that's programmed to wipe your robot butt, but I don't know why you're wiping your robot butt unless you have programmed your robot to actually shit. shit and and then, everything has exhaust. Yeah, but it would come out in a probably no, a everything chemical stream. You no, know, everything things only things that work on combustion uh, that have combustible engines have exhaust. Well, they have, they give off waste energy, but that it would has be to. heat. It would be more yeah. like heat. Yeah. Well, this is kind of the problem. We've talked about this on previous mm. episodes where that's where where one of the fallacies that shows like why what was it? I believe the Fermi paradox. Why have we not met an alien race? Like yeah. they're all over the universe. Why have we met them? The idea that maybe at a certain point and uh, there's an inevitability point where you cross over, become a robotic system entirely, but the heat from the batteries that it takes to create your entire society gets to be so big and so powerful that you basically have to shut down into the actual giant cooling where the universe is finally shutting down over those last set of trillion years in its existence so the universe is cooled enough so that the heat from your battery-sized planet could actually live in peace. So you just have to go to sleep. Well, yeah, but you I'm don't not, know it's asleep. I don't. But, but you're not you, sleeping. You're still your human you're consciousness. Ruben. Your human consciousness still we'll be exists. Out there. Well, yeah, no, in you're the metaverse. Out there, you're still interacting. What about swimming? No, 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 no. <laughs> he's no derailing this whole thing. He's bringing yeah, he's, this. He's, his humanist agenda is derailing this entire show, Marcus. <laughs> but there are some out there in the transhumanist community who have not the patience nor the time to wait for the singularity or even to cryogenically freeze themselves as a bet for the future. Perhaps the most visible of these modern transhumanists are the biohackers. Yeah, grinders. <laughs> Biohacking is the idea that we can use different devices and techniques to end around the biological functions of humanity, that we can augment ourselves using implants in the here and now. It's basically a play. Biohacking is the environment where instead of going to a doctor, it's like you go to a place that's way more like a piercing station at your buddy Greg's house Okay, yeah. where you go. And it's all about having a garage filled with tech that you barely understand. Because what seems to be, and I'm, maybe I'm a, a biohackers out there, side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. But it seems to be a lot of them were like, I did bad in school. So I decided to take science to the garage. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> it's very transmetropolitan. It is. This is all extremely transmetropolitan. I mean, all the cryogenic stuff, like that's totally like the, the tra uh, what is it? Not transient. Um, the um, recover, like, uh, God, uh, what is it called? Oh, in transmet. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. The recoveries. Yeah. The, the people that are in uh, put into cryogenics and then come out uh, many thousands of years later and uh, their minds are broken instantly by the world that they enter into. Great. But by merging ourselves with technology, Biohackers believe that we can live at the very least decades beyond the normal human lifespan. Sweet. The proponents of this idea, revivals, that's what it's called. Revivals. The, the proponents of this idea are called grinders. Hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders. <laughs> navy beans, navy beans, navy beans. And grinders consider themselves to be practical transhumanists. Yes. One of the most well-known of these grinder firms is Grindhouse Wetware out of <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah, man. Oh, my. A lot of gauges in there. Yeah. yeah. Why do I feel like they just sell nipple-free bras? N nipple, uh, <laughs> you know, with little holes there in the nipple. These guys so are more can... likely to add nipples. Oh, yes. okay. Fantastic. More nipples. 
Grindhouse wetware creates devices for subdermal implantation intended to enhance the sensory and informational capacities of the human body. The most famous of their devices is called Circadia, which is a Bluetooth device implanted into your forearm that takes biometric measurements of your body and uploads that information to your phone. It's not a Fitbit. No, it's similar. It's, it is a similar kind of technology to sleep trackers and Fitbits. Basically, Circadia gathers information about your body so you can use that information to make your body run more efficiently and therefore live longer and live better. I really feel like that my chip would just constantly be like, you know that you could shit again, right? <laughs> like there's, There seems to be more in here. Today's shit liquid set <laughs> <laughs> your shit to liquid boys <laughs> and we're off oh my god he's hovering above the toilet <laughs> now to give credit where credit is due grindhouse wetware co-founder tim cannon did actually put his money where his mouth was and had a circadia prototype which was about the size of a deck of cards implanted oh. into his own forearm. They're gnarly and they don't use any, they use some local anesthetic, but it's really, it's it's fucked up looking. They got to yeah. lift the skin away from the fat layer and oh. shove it in and then, ooh, it's intense. No, no, this is how it goes. Okay. The device is inserted by first making a long incision. Then the upper layer of the skin is lifted away from the fatty tissue to place this device into what is called a yawning orifice. <laughs> why, is, why are you so tired? <laughs> and then the wound is sutured. And reportedly, cannon surgery was done by a self-described flesh engineer in Berlin without <laughs> anesthesia. Only oh, in Berlin. Yeah. Does a doctor sound like he spanks people for a living? <laughs> yeah. Flesh engineer. Well, following the surgery, Cannon had to regularly drain the wound for weeks, and medication <laughs> kept his body from rejecting the implant, all while Cannon spent his time worrying that the battery was leaking into his bloodstream and slowly poisoning him. So did it work out for him? Yeah, he said it worked fine. This is the thing, man, is that all of the biohacking, I, again, please reach out and tell me, all of the biohacking that these guys do, it seems to just kind of like... Like, it kind of works. Yeah. Now, one guy could turn on his motorcycle. The other guy put, you put magnets in your fingertips because you can feel magnetic fields or whatever. But, like, I know that it does feel weird. Like, you can feel it. But it's like, what? Yeah. what is the practical, like, use for it? I'm not quite certain. Yeah. Right. Now, this is, of course, cybernetics on a very small scale. But the United States government has been working on much larger projects since 1999, particularly in the field of creature-machine hybrids. Yeah, bro, this shit's fucking dope. I will say, every one of these transhumanist documentaries, they all pose this thing. We're like, we are already almost 50% cyborg as it is. And it cuts to see like a guy with prosthetic hands like doing stuff. And it's like, you know that guy would much rather still have his old hands, right? Like, <laughs> he's not super thrilled with the fact that he's got these metallic grippers. Like, I'm certain yeah. he's thankful that yeah. he has something, but he's still, like, probably not super jazzed to be a cyborg. Yeah. An agency known as DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, has been working on this angle of transhumanism from the perspective of weaponizing cybernetics, or perhaps more accurately, 
from the perspective of control. I did see a documentary on people who want to become automated and want to become robots and they want to like cut off their arms and stuff. So maybe some people are going to be very comfortable having fake arms like Jax from Mortal Kombat. I mean, I think it's fucking I think it's dope, but I'm I'm afraid of pain. Yeah, Yeah, some people want it, but also some people just want to amputate their uh, limbs entirely. I saw another documentary about people who just amputate their limbs because they it's a great documentary. It's harrowing. Yeah. But among the research programs DARPA has funded, they've tried rats whose movements could be controlled from laptops via electrodes planted in the rat's brains and hawk moths with semiconductors implanted at the pupil stage yes. so that the technology will become a part of their adult development. Oh, right. Sweet, man. It's fucking crazy. It's like that one superhero from Suicide Squad who can control all the rats. I think that's a pretty cool superpower, especially if you live in New York. Oh, Marcus, you could take oh, if you could control the rats of New York. Oh, oh my, my God. God. If I could be rat catcher. Fuck yeah, man. It'd be rat. Awesome. Oh, man. It's so many rats to control. We could produce so many rat based podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, DARPA even managed to create part insect, part machine, steerable cyborgs. Oh, yeah. And they have openly talked about creating super soldier human machine hybrids who are able to thrive in extreme conditions 24-7, complete with brain machine interfaces directly connected to command hubs so soldiers don't even have to think for themselves. Why is violence always like... The the uh, conclusion or like always the motivation. It's, it's it violence. Just seems it's violence like... and sex. Those are the those are the. It's that's oh, how yeah. all technologies advance. Is violence Wait, so and sex in America? It's how you get the funding. Is that you have to show how you could use to blow people up first, and then you could use it for other things. That one video I also yeah. sent you, Marcus, of like the AI driven little spider robots. Those are cool. Where they, they, but basically, they did not work well. No, they don't. But that's <laughs> kind of scary too, where they're like the size of a quarter, and you watch yeah. them learn how to walk. Like they teach themselves how to walk. I was like, imagine them ten feet long, and then just like wild wild west. It's the yep. wild wild west. Yes. Oh yeah. But while DARPA is working on these terrifying possibilities, some of the biohacking grinders can be almost whimsical. Reportedly, Grindhouse wetware CEO Tim Cannon even has a stencil above his kitchen window that says, can you guess? (laughs) Live well. Love much. Laugh often. Triple L, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what if I just shoot you? Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. On the more, let's say, acidic side of things, though, you've got other transhumanists like Zoltan Istvan. See, now, mm. this is a guy I will follow. A Zoltan, yeah, yeah. Zoltan, I will believe. Zoltan found transhumanism after almost stepping on an old buried landmine during a vacation to Vietnam and became consumed with what he saw was the unacceptable fragility of human existence. I mean, he could have got played the guitar or something or he could have done yeah. something fun. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Also, this is a great reason. Again, an example of why you don't want to be frozen. Imagine you were frozen and you were actually a Vietnam vet. And all of a sudden you come back to Earth. and You're like, where are you going on vacation, buddy? Going to Vietnam. Don't go there, man. Don't go, <laughs> Don't go there, man. Now, Zoltan is actually somewhat hard to peg as far as what he actually does. I'll peg mm. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. Yeah, why, if he could, if you could you? nail him out. You? You, you have a penis. You can't really peg someone. If you I mean, it's just fucking. No, I'll have you a Robocock. <laughs> I'll have a Robocock. Also, is there a porno called Robocock? There must be. I'd imagine. Well, Zoltan is what you might call a, a provocateur. He's kind of a kind of like a Timothy Leary, but for transhumanism instead of LSD, but nowhere near as charming, intelligent or insightful as <laughs> Timothy Leary. No, it's transhumanism. Yeah. In 2013, <laughs> Zoltan wrote a novel called The Transhumanist Wager, in which the protagonist, a thinly veiled representation of Zoltan himself named <laughs> Jethro Knight. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> establishes a floating libertarian city-state called Transhumania. Look, as far as the eye can see, bowl cuts. Bowl <laughs> cuts everywhere. <laughs> Cheeto dust it, yeah, lines the streets so you know you're home. It's simply an impossibility. You cannot marry a libertarian government because you can't have libertarianism in government. Yep. Mm. Yeah, well, th there's, there's a lot of contradictions here. I see. Well, Transhumania in the novel, is a haven for unhampered scientific research into human longevity, a regulation-free utopia of tech billionaires and rationalists, rationalists who have no pesky <laughs> humanitarian restrictions for what they believe is the right course for humanity. Transhumania, however, eventually becomes so fucking awesome. Yeah, cool. man. It's All too right. radical. Dude. Yeah. Nice. That the rest of the world, including a theocratic United States, attacks it. Whoa. But in the end, transhumania wins Woo! and leads humanity to a better future. Because everyone knows libertarians are always the tip of the sphere. They're always there. They're always right on the front lines and they're certainly not 27-year-old stockbrokers. I will tell you this. <laughs> uh, they'll definitely eat all the free pizza you have. <laughs> I know that from experience. Not me. 
but yeah. others. In addition to being a novelist, Zoltan also ran for president in 2016 and 2020 for the Transhumanist Party, and oh. he ran for governor of California in between. Very busy. He did not expect to win, but instead was using it as a platform to spread the transhumanist ideology that death was merely a problem to be solved. Cool. Okay. The problem was, the transhumanist party shares quite a bit with the libertarian party and that while you may agree with some of their ideas, it is absolutely filled with people that are, to put it kindly, highly embarrassing to be associated with. <laughs> it's just, an, it's internet message boards with shoes. It's people it. that, it's all of the people that hide amongst the, 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 the elaborance of the internet, but then they're at a conference together and they all think yes. they should all live forever like that's the problem is that it's, it's all the people who think they should live forever are the problem it's like it's ever who should like malala wants to die at 40 you know what i mean she was like she's looking to get out she knows yes. this flesh is yeah. too subtle if yeah. you want some funny insight into the libertarian party of brooklyn new york hail yourself america you'll see alton Yee, a man who wears a free metro card around his neck because that's just how much he disagrees with the government handouts <laughs> He got everything for free. It's kind of funny. Well, for example. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's a lot hypocritical. Of, it's a lot of hypocritical stuff. A lot of contradictions. <laughs> well, for example, of those embarrassing connections, one member of the transhumanist party named Rowan Horn, who worked with Zoltan, admitted that a big part of the reason why he was so into transhumanism was quite simply the sex bots. Oh, now we're at the heart of it. Yeah, now okay. we're really Finally. what the real yeah. answers are. Finally. In one interview, Rowan Horn said, quote, and this is a direct quote. You see, a personal sex bot would never cheat on you. And it would be just <laughs> like a real girl. I have so far abstained from sex. I have never had a girlfriend, <laughs> so I will not succumb to your paltry, flesh-based romances. You, you were hurt as a child or a teenager, a girl left you, maybe, or broken hearted? No, absolutely no. not. I never attempted to speak to anyone besides myself, and you are the first person I'm literally addressing outside of my mother and my dear belated father. Okay. And was you, did you did you suckle on your mother until late in life? Were you a late? Oh, breast she eater? would not let me suckle at all. She said that unfortunately, um, there was something wrong with my. She said I was sharp. I was too sharp to suckle because I was born oh. with a full set of teeth. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, and when the interviewer asked Rowan if he was indeed saving himself for the sex bots, Horn. Just raised his eyebrows and slowly nodded. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, poor guy. You know, Zoltan, being a provocateur and a sometime politician, he's gotten into hot water here and there for his stances on certain public policies. No way. He's not what you would call the most compassionate of persons, mm. of people. In a piece for Motherboard, he argued that the $1.3 billion that Los Angeles was spending to make the streets more accessible for wheelchair access would be more sensibly spent in the research of robotic exoskeleton technology. Well, you know, hey, well, that was a lot of these guys say the same thing. We're like, well, if humans were actually built properly, we would have exoskeletons naturally. But all we have are these paltry endoskeletons that allow us to have disgusting things like breasts and butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem to occur to Zoltan that people in wheelchairs might want to have sidewalk access today. 
Right, yeah. It's yeah. Just something before, that kind of has to get done there. Yeah, long before the technology was ever ready, ready to be just like, say, given to everyone in a wheelchair. Because I don't think that exoskeleton technology is really readily available to most um, people. A lot of those things, too, will just rip your limbs off uh, <laughs> if they are not done correctly. We're not there yet. Not quite. But as Zoltan put it, and as many other transhumanists put it, all humans are fundamentally disabled just by virtue of having a human body in the first place. And he never really understood why he got so much pushback. I'm a, I don't really understand. Everybody's yelling at me. Everyone's yelling at me. <laughs> Story of my life. I'm actually going to go to the DMV and try to get uh, one of those sweet little placards so I can park closer to the Ralphs over here. I'll just be like, "Bye." I am disabled just because I'm a human and see what they say. And uh, maybe I can, uh, you know, walk. They're less. like, get in line. We have many of you. <laughs> Well, to spread his word of transhumanism, Zoltan traveled the country in an extraordinarily ugly 43-foot-long brown bus vaguely shaped like a coffin <laughs> called the Transhumanism Immortality Bus. And from that bus, he gave speeches about the tyranny of death over human lives to whoever happened to gather around. Much like our bus, the human body breaks down two to three times a day. <laughs> and we must transcend this bus and move me to a private plane. Oh, wow. He did a little whistle stop tour. He did. And frequently he bragged about driving the bus drunk, uh, <laughs> justifying the action by saying that the steering on the bus was so unresponsive that even if your driving was erratic, the vehicle's trajectory, it pretty much stayed the same <laughs> anyway. Like it I, have, I have said that to friends in college back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, many transhumanists also tend to be libertarian. Go figure. And there was nary a man. And by the way, it was all men mm. who rode in the transhumanism immortality bus while wearing a seatbelt. You'd get kicked off. <laughs> you'd get kicked off. You'd be like, you don't believe in the future. That's what they tell you if you wore a seatbelt. It's a big tent party. It's a big tent party. Big tent party. Big tent. Now, returning to the subject of biohacking, it's probably fairly obvious at this point that there's a lot of money to be made in the field. And with money, especially in the tech business, there comes people who are ready and able to take advantage. Well, because a lot of this is the, like, I feel like a lot of this money comes from it's interested, like billionaires, like these yeah. type of people that are dumping money into this because mm -hmm. who wants to live forever? The billionaires. They are really still excited about this concept of a breakaway civilization. I do believe that that's what they're all fervently working on. That is why yeah. Bezos went to space. It's why they all went because they want to go see. But like, oh, once we're done with this husk of a plan, we'll be able to leave. And I think they're starting to see that space is actually very difficult mm -hmm. to travel in. Right. Yeah. Well, this brings us to our last story today, which concerns the life and untimely death of a man who could somewhat be considered the Elizabeth Holmes of transhumanism. Ooh, he never blinks. Yeah. His name is Aaron Trawick. Aaron Trawick was CEO of a biohack company called Ascendance Biomedical, whose business model was to gain financial control over the inventions of others and sell those inventions before they were fully tested. Not unlike Elizabeth Holmes's company, Theranos, who sold blood testing Theranos. technology. Theranos technology, that's just Theranos. It's just me. I just love blood and Theranos technology. It's I love Theranos. tiny pills. I love tiny pills and I love conference meetings and TED Talks. Yeah, yeah she sold, of course, blood testing technology without ever figuring out how it worked. And while Trawick's technologies did indeed sometimes veer into life-saving territory, he also dabbled in products like the Lovetron 9000, which was a vibrating penile implant. 
folks, you're going to want to get the love draw 9,000 right after your tactical bath. Make sure you're nice and clean. <laughs> the best part is, yeah, is that when your penis is vibrating at a certain level, your balls become numb and you never come again. <laughs> it's folks, incredible. Just stay there. But honestly, if, if it did work, the Love Tron 9000 is what would bring the money into the rest of the company. Yeah. See, hmm. from what people said, Treywick would find people who had created biotechnological inventions, aggressively try to take the ideas, then profit off them as quickly as possible without any regard for executing the technology. Described as a, quote, seething cauldron of animosity and predation. Yeah. <laughs> Treywick founded his own company after being forced out of another company called the Global Health Span Policy Institute. Um, you actually um, could find him. I watched a really interesting documentary on him on Showtime um, and shows a picture of him from his youth when he flunked out of school with his Jello Biafra shirt. And he um he found his way into the world of technology through lobbyists, which is incredible. Yeah, natural. Well, yeah. that's the thing. He was hired at GHPI by his cousin Edwina Rogers, former economic advisor to George W. Bush. That kind of tells you the world that Aaron Treywick was growing up in. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to hear some fun George W. Bush uh, sound, listen to this week's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat when he jokes about his invasion of Iraq and everyone he, laughs. He, cool. it, was, uh, it was just only a very deeply uh, veiled Freudian slip that yeah, um, technically should have rocked the world. Yeah. But, what are you but this also reminds me, you wait until Papa John comes back with Papa wants and it's going to be you're like, talking it, about what he's is coming back with pizza Kissel was what we joked about years ago and what he said about the day of reckoning true and maybe this is finally where it comes to fruition when pizza and robot become one I'm going to create pizza the hut the <laughs> <laughs> Treywick however was fired from GHPI after stealing correspondence in order to force his way into events in which he was not invited. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. it's very sad. Yeah, and the last straw came when he forced his way into Edwina Rogers' bedroom at 2 a.m., hopefully just to talk at her. Yeah, I hope that's it, all he was there for. He was his cousin. Yeah. Okay. But as it was with Elizabeth Holmes, Treywick was able to hornswoggle at least a few people into believing in his mission, although it was on nowhere near the scale that Holmes was able to achieve through her fountain of pure bullshit. Mm. Instead of swaying world leaders such as Henry Kissinger, like Elizabeth Holmes did, Treywick plucked his acolytes from the transhumanist community, who were all on board with his dream of finding experimental ways to improve the human body and extend lifespans. And honestly, the grinders, the biohackers really are on that level are the most innocent of all of them because mm. their, their ideas are to really just, they are experimenting at home on themselves and they're yeah. allowed to do that. I think it's, yeah, I think sure, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what comes out of all of it, but I think it's really interesting. And that's what's sad is that that's where that was the people he was truly taking advantage of. Mm. Not like Elizabeth Holmes, who at least took rich people's money and then everybody else who invested. I mean, they're both criminals, but it's just sad how he went for the the most, like, technically the nicest version of transhumans. I mean, the biggest criminal we've talked about so far is Henry Kissinger. Yes. 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 Yeah. But Elizabeth Holmes did also uh, greatly injure quite a few people. Oh, very uh, much outside so. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very destructive force. Yeah, very destructive person, yeah. Well, inevitably... Some of these people, some of these acolytes started comparing Treywick to Steve Jobs, which, from what I can tell, is usually a bad omen in Silicon yes. Valley. Anytime someone does that, that means they're usually fucking crazy uh, or uh, cheats. 
But wouldn't Steve Jobs not be a transhumanist because he refused to get any kind of surgery? He didn't. I mean, he could have survived his cancer. So not Steve Jobs in the terms of Steve Jobs being a transhumanist, but in the terms of being a disruptor. Being a disruptor. It's all about disrupting because that's what Trey was always talking about. He was going to disrupt the biomedical industry. Okay. Well, once Trey Wick got someone on his side who could figure out how to market him, a PR person named Kelly Martin, Trey Wick began touting experimental gene therapies meant to treat HIV. We're talking jorts. We're talking jinkos. You guys get it. <laughs> yeah, you got him. You got him. Yeah. God, I, The thing that I don't understand is that the idea of CRISPR, like is this technology that you could go, it's apparently it's easy to use, quote unquote, easy to use, where you do gene therapy, where you replace things in your DNA with other structures of DNA and it can go inside of you. But I don't know if it actually takes and yeah. does anything. I don't understand CRISPR technology at, at all. all. I don't Not know. even a little bit. I don't understand anything about it. Henry and I talked about fecal transplants on side stories this week. I guess it's kind of like, I think that's where we're at is poopy uh, transplants. Know, actually, you got it. Fecal transplants is considered a form of biohacking. See, yeah. yes. we are on the cusp. Yeah. We're really on the pulse, man. Can mm-hmm. I also be a Sega Genesis? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I want to be Sonic. Sega Check is yeah. technically a parallel move from Nintendo. We might get you up to something like a Commodore 64. Oh, cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, the idea was to inject an HIV positive patient with gene therapy on a live stream. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I just got distracted. Nintendo is not a parallel movement over to Sega Genesis because Nintendo is an 8-bit system and Sega Genesis was a 16-bit system. Oh so God. it is actually an upward movement between the two operating systems. You okay, did now that, I can Henry. fucking get back to it. You did that, Henry. I'm sorry. I yeah. honestly, I didn't know what landmine I stepped on. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, the idea that this that Treywick had uh, as far as the experimental gene therapy for HIV, his idea was to inject an HIV-positive patient with gene therapy on a live stream to demonstrate in real time that the person's viral load would fall. But unfortunately for Treywick, and especially unfortunately for the patient, the HIV viral load actually increased. Meaning he just gave the dude more HIV. I think that Charlie Sheen, when he was doing his live stream, gave better medical advice when he told everyone to drink tiger's blood. Yeah, I, yeah, it is something about just giving somebody more HIV <laughs> yeah. is yeah. the saddest thing. It's like, ooh, sorry, yikes. like that movie. Yikes. Like, ooh, yikes. Ooh. Yeah. Well, undeterred, Treywick then went to a body hacking conference in Austin called Body Hacks, which is spelled <laughs> B-D-Y. H-A-X. You can't put all the fucking letters in there because then it's not from the future. I see. And then it's not a fucking (laughs) conference in Austin. No. There, Treywick arranged a live test for an experimental herpes vaccine. But when all he did was inject himself with something on stage (laughs) and claim it cured his herpes, the transhumanism community was not impressed. Oh, my God. I, I honestly think he's just telling people he has herpes, so it sounds like he's fucked. You know what I mean? It sounds like he's had sex. So he's like, um, this is to cure my rock and roll style herpes. Uh, like, well, I don't know. It sounds man. like he just wanted to be a performer, but had no discernible talent. 
Henry, could you describe his look real fast? Um, he looks like uh, the if the hitchhiker from Texas Chainsaw Massacre got a makeover. Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically it's a good picture. It's, it's a good the picture. long stringy hair. He just it's that look on his face of like ah, it's a picture. It's a picture. It's that look on his face. <laughs> it's kind of rocking him. That guy show. mixed with Martin Screlly. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, after body hacks, former partners began cutting ties. Lawsuits were filed. Counter lawsuits followed soon after. And of course, Treywick represented himself in all proceedings. <laughs> but just a few days after one of his cases was dismissed in 2018, Aaron Treywick's story came to an end. He was found dead in a what? sensory deprivation tank in Washington, D.C., with ketamine in his pants, which means he most likely <laughs> took a bunch of special K, passed out, and drowned. You don't need drugs in a sensory deprivation tank. It's kind of no. the point. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was the point. I guess it was. It really worked. It, it did. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. was so he was so alone. He went away. Yeah. <laughs> well, some say that Treywick faked his own death so he could run off with whatever money was left at Ascendance Biomedical. I don't know. But it is almost certain that Treywick simply took a very simple biohack just a little too far. And while most transhumanists are not grifters, the fact remains that despite all the technological advances of the last 100 years, it's fairly obvious to me that we're still not all that far past squirting a woman with monkey cum to see what happens. <laughs> and honestly, that's even, in a way, isn't that more honest? Because yeah. cum salts of the earth, literally the salts of the earth. You're salts there, the you're, earth. you're with a lady. Chimpanzees are fun. We're all hanging out for a while until they start screaming because the personalities have transferred. But this yeah. is, I, I still believe in the ideas of some forms yeah. of transhumanism. Some of these ideas I'm totally for. I would love to not have to eat, sleep, or shit anymore. I'd love that. Yeah, Marcus, you are one of the craziest, though, when it comes to eating, because you hate to eat. If I didn't it's get just to a eat, nuisance. I would be sad. Yeah, I have to eat. I love to eat. It is a nuisance. Yeah. No, I want bigger tubes. That's honestly, I would just add more mucusy tubes to me. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Very. But on the other hand, I'm also not going to be one of those guys that like drinks the Soylent all the time. It's just like, here's my nutrient paste. Like, I'm not that crazy with it. I still right. do enjoy a nice ham and cheese sandwich. But yeah, you like your chicken parm. You like I your vindaloo. I, 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 I do, vindaloo. I do yeah. love the food that I eat. I just wish I didn't have to. I did wish I didn't have to have to eat food. I wish sure. I could choose to eat food at my convenience. Yeah. yeah well, more goes in my mouth, the better, man. I love yeah. sucking and crunching and munching. Yes, indeed. We're all suffering here. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Transhumanism part two. Interesting stuff in many ways. And of course, the motivation for eternal life is something that is uh, eternal to humanity. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're all just trying to find the answers. I say, I don't know, sit down more. Yeah. I Take think that nap. Could, you know what Except really, really helps? That, they say that actually that helped. That is less helpful. You should stand up more. Sit down stand more. Stand up more. I don't know. Run yeah. around. <laughs> don't yeah, listen. To, yeah, but humans are not evolutionally, like, we are not meant to sit down anywhere near as much as we, uh, we We're do. We're supposed to squat, stand, or lie down. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, yeah, sleep. Um, also, I think it's really important to stretch. stretch. Stretching is important. Stretching is really important before you start injecting magnets into parts of your body. Well, 
Maybe try a backstretch. I mean, to some <laughs> Maybe degree. Maybe try a walk. Maybe take a walk in a park. I feel like that also helps. It can mm-hmm. cleanse the soul. But otherwise, I get it. I'm one of you. I'm going to join my brain to the cyberspace. I'm going to surf the web permanently eventually. And we'll, we will get there. We'll yeah. See. Well, you're uh, that'll be fun. Um, the interesting thing is uh, when it comes to stints, you look at war criminal Dick Cheney's multiple hearts. I mean, transhumanism exists in the medical community in many ways already, doesn't it? Even the glasses you're wearing. Am mm-hmm. I wrong, Marcus Parks? You are not wrong in any way whatsoever. That's what people have already said. That's in the beginning of every transhumanism documentary. It's like, yeah. we already wear glasses. We might as well be cyborgs. <laughs> I'm going to coupon for this. You're going to have to buy me dinner first. All right. So anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, June 18th, we're going to be in Nashville. So yeah, we're gonna be the rhyme to that. We cannot wait for that. Do we have anything else to announce? Um, I'd like to actually promote. Uh, I'll be doing classy night out Sunday, Los Ooh. Angeles, uh, at the Pack Theater. Come check it out. It should be nine nine thirty is our start time. All and right. uh, because of all the dates that we had to cancel because of uh, the unfortunate bout of COVID, we've got all those rebooked. So we'll be announcing when all of those uh, dates will be uh, redone. So don't worry. All of the shows that we had to, that we had to postpone. We're still coming eventually, and we're going to come 100%. Give you guys the best possible boy. fucking show that we can. That's my uh, fucking so transhumanist boy. Because I want to come out and I want to be able to fucking scream at you first thing when I come on stage and really just Absolutely. fucking set everybody on edge. Yeah. And Marcus, we're proud of you. You're doing great. You're sounding great. And thanks for all the encouraging words. Yes. Uh, thank you, you very much. Really, really, yeah. really sweet. So yeah, just you. everyone, I am doing better, doing better and better. It might take a long recovery, but. Still, still doing better, and thanks everyone for for all the kind words and support that you've given over uh, over this last uh, month and a half while we've been dealing with this shit. You're still too human. No, all too human. Although I am going to try a biohack later. I'm going to go check out a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Yeah, fuck yeah, cool. Yeah. I love this shit. All right, well, all right. Everyone. Thank <laughs> you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Magustalations, everyone. Hail me, because you better. Because if not. I'm going to destroy you all with my robot spider. So just know that. that know that that's a plan I have. Uh, I plan to have a giant spider that I have a little seed on and that I uh, become mayor of wherever I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's very plausible. Yeah. Again, I believe I have the long vision mm-hmm. to bring justice to America. <laughs> God, you're so scary. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.